This is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast for November 21st, 2016. Welcome to the next episode of this podcast. Today, we have another unique episode because our guest, Joe Melcher, is an engineering teacher who teaches brainstorming. And we're not only going to talk about brainstorming, but we're also going to do some brainstorming live to see what it might sound like in your classroom or in your businesses. If you'd like, you can even join in on the brainstorm by visiting the link in this episode's show notes. Now, on to the talk. So first of all, I'm Pius Wong, your host, and uh, we've got two other people here with us today. Hi, I'm Southern Satisilan. I'm uh, a mechanical engineer. And uh, we've also got Joe, Joe on the line. Would you like to yeah. introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Joe Malcher. I am a uh, engineering teacher at uh, Carl Winchie High School in the Houston, Texas area. How long have you been teaching? Uh, I've been teaching uh, overall for about seven years, but I've been teaching engineering for four. Okay. You teach engineering to... A wide swath of kids, right? Mm -hmm. like, yes, I do. Like different age ranges, different interest in engineering, would you say? Yeah, pretty much from freshmen through seniors um, and all different types of pathways, all different forms of engineering. So one of the topics that you often teach in an engineering class is how to come up with ideas, mm -hmm. design ideas, solutions to problems. And one of the big methods that everybody has to learn is brainstorming. Right. How do you describe brainstorming to your kids? Well, I know with students, brainstorming, the hardest part of it is just being able to understand that you don't have to think of fully realized ideas. I know a lot of students will come up with an idea and they'll spend 10 minutes just thinking of that one idea. So the biggest thing is just making sure that they understand that it's quantity over the quality of the idea. Because later on, when you start going through you know, your design stages, later on, you can start to develop these ideas. But for now, it's not about good quality, realized, fully implemented ideas. It's about as many just informal ideas as you can think of. Uh, what are the guidelines that you give them when you have them brainstorm about some kind of problem? Uh, usually I tell them, you know, individual brainstorming first. Don't talk to each other. Just you, yourself, your thoughts, a pen and a paper, and just start writing down ideas. It can be ver or it can be written. It can be drawn out. Just try to get as many ideas as you can in our allotted amount of time. And then after that, you can come together and you can join together and spend some time as a group doing some group brainstorming. But I always start with individual. Why individual? Yeah, I usually start with individual because, um, you know, sometimes I know everyone's probably had that moment where they're in a group of people and they're coming up with ideas. And then someone will say a really good idea and you'll totally lose what you were thinking about. And you'll only start focusing on someone else's ideas and you'll never want to focus on your own. And so when you do it individually, it kind of gives you that that arena, that room of thought where it's only you and you and your ideas. And then later on, you can talk about and you know, join with people and see what other people's ideas were. But it's really important that your voice is heard first by yourself and that you can get ideas down. That's, That's an interesting yeah. way of putting that. I wonder if kids have the same feeling that I might have as an adult. Sometimes when I'm just looking at a blank sheet of paper trying to brainstorm on my own, I feel like it might be really hard. Do kids 
struggle at all? Oh, they, they definitely struggle. And one of the things that I say to kind of break that struggle is just think about, you know, it's very hard to think about an entire system and brainstorm, especially if that system has a lot of components to it. I usually tell them to just start thinking of, you know, components at a time and think of different ways that you can solve that individual problem. Maybe not the entire design, the entire system, but maybe just a little bit, you know, this aspect of the system, this, you know, if you were, uh, you know, designing a, a car, you would be like, okay, well, how am I going to steer the car? How is it going to stop? How is it going to accelerate? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's all about thinking of what are those tiny areas that you can design solutions for, not exactly the big picture. So you have them do a bunch of brainstorming sessions, really? Like Yeah, pretty much. For every little design problem. Mm-hmm. When your kids come together in a group to solve a design problem and you have them brainstorm together, does that pose any challenges in your class? Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it will be because, you know, everyone's excited about their ideas and they want to get their ideas out and show them and talk about them. But I mean, really what you start to see is everyone brainstormed over something different. You know, there's not two people that are brainstorming over, you know, the same features or have the same ideas for those features. So it really creates a real robust forum for these students to talk and, and discuss with each other and use. Uh, I know one of the one of the big things in schools these days is using academic language to describe situations and describe things. What does that mean? I don't think I've heard that. Uh, you know, it's kind of using vocabulary that is not, you know, your slang terminology or anything like that. It's very um, intellectual terminology. It's, you know, academic vocab, making sure that you're using terms and vocab that would be considered engineering-like. Do, do the kids know those vocabulary? How do you... Uh, sometimes the they do. It really depends. You know, as you, when you're a freshman or a sophomore, you're you're very new to the vocabulary. So, kind of the definition of academic vocabulary would be mainly just discussing things that are of engineering nature. But of course, as we get into the junior and senior year, they've had more experience with using some of the engineering vocabulary that would be considered academic vocabulary. And so, yeah, initially at first it might be difficult, but your students will start to understand what are some major concepts of engineering and they'll use those words. They'll use those vocabulary as they're discussing their brainstorming. And do you ever see the issue of kids judging their own ideas or each other's ideas and kind of stifling all the time, really all the time. (laughs) But I mean, one of the things is like, you kind of have to set the ground rules. You know, it's, it's brainstorming is very difficult if you don't have rules to help guide and mold the conversation. So you know, when I first started doing brainstorming, I didn't have any rules. And I found out how bad of a, <laughs> <laughs> of, a of a situation I was I was creating some arguments. I'm and sure. so, oh, yeah, exactly. And so you kind of have to have to put down some ground rules, you know, such as you know, there are no dumb ideas. Defer judgment for later on in the design process. Right now, it's all about how many ideas you can get and what is the breadth of the ideas? Not exactly answering the question, are they good ideas? So one of the things I remember my my professor doing when he was teaching us brainstorming in order to remove that self-doubt mm-hmm. was um, he had an example out, um, like a already done mind map. It's another brainstorming technique. He had a mind map out for a specific problem. And when you, when you look into it, you see some ideas are so ridiculous. 
and he told us this was done by grad students <laughs> which which completely you know completely takes away the fear of hey okay if they can come up with those ideas yeah exactly <laughs> maybe i can do yeah actually yeah that that raises a good point a question that would always come up in our team when we were working on creating lessons for for kids was do you show kids examples of stuff before you tell them to do it in this case do you show your classes examples of brainstorming records or or mind maps like southern was saying before they they do it uh you know that's always like a really big question for for instructors because you don't want to have that idea pollution where everyone feels like brainstorming must be done a certain way and so um i i would say that i maybe mold it depending on the class for example if i've got a group of students who are very creative and who don't need that guide, then I'm not going to give it to them. I'm not going to show them what it looks like because I want to see them develop it themselves. And even for students that in classes that maybe don't have a population that's as creative, I'll still want them to do it themselves initially, you know, at least the first few times. And if they're still having problems with it, then I can maybe introduce some, some materials that might guide them in a way. But I do my very best to just make sure that I don't pollute their ideas by by giving them something and have them make the assumption that it must always look like that. I think that's all good advice. If you're game, I think we're ready to start some brainstorming of our own. Sounds good. So here's our challenge. And I think we told you this a little bit beforehand mm -hmm. over email. We all know that our challenge in these next 10, 15 minutes or so is to come up with as many solutions or ideas as possible for new and exciting engineering lessons for kids uh, from high school on down. Okay. All right, let's do it. And just to reiterate for everybody listening, our guidelines, just like Joe said, is we're going for quantity over quality. <laughs> uh, don't judge us, <laughs> at least not to our faces right away. You can judge us after. We will judge ourselves after as well. Uh, what else was it? Um, build off of other people's ideas. Yep. Mm -hmm. And normally we would be re recording this in our engineering notebook, but this is being recorded for posterity. So we are not writing everything down. So any other guidelines we got to follow? Uh, I think we're good. I think we can kind of dive in. I think we should have a time. Oh yeah, there oh, you yes, go. Time. time. That's always a good one. All right. 10 minutes, right? All right. Sounds good All to right. me. We're good to go. 10 minutes starting now. All right. We need to come up with some lessons. All right. I got, I'll throw one out there. Uh, trebuchet. Yeah. Trebuchet is always a good one. Mechanical yeah. concepts, physical concepts. So what's the other, uh, other water machine that's like trebuchet? Uh, the trebuchet, the, the catapult, ballista, catapult, catapult, catapult and ballista. Design okay. okay. That makes me think of all the weapons of the medieval ages. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Those are always so, good engineering projects. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Let's, let's go off of those mechanical projects. Or like repurposing things. If you had like a, I don't know, like a remote control car, you could repurpose it to do like runoff solar. Or even just, you don't even have to redesign anything. Just taking them apart could be a lesson by its own. Like Yeah, the, that too. Teaching them like the, motor. Yeah, it's called something like, it's called non-destructive um, disassembly. Yeah. Where oh, that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, there could be hey, two no, lessons. No right judgment. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. right. Yeah. No judgment. So two lessons. One is non-destructive. And, and the reason being that uh, you actually need to figure out whether I'm going to break this or not. And by, by that, you're learning a lot. Okay. Uh, the other thing could be distracting and see how you, know, you could take it down break. to the lowest point. Yeah, yeah the for lowest sure. Point, and then if you want to break, you can break. That's like fracture analysis. I don't know. Yeah, they do that yeah. all the yeah. time. Uh, you know, that reminds me of how you could integrate biology into it. Like you could, you already have a bunch of dissection labs. 
let's say you wanted to make a robot, uh, I don't want to say pig, robot something that you dissect in <laughs> biology. And so if you had to make an, a robot that looks like a, a starfish or whatever, you could mm -hmm. learn about it by dissecting that, reverse engineering a real one, and then trying to, to build a, no, that's, that's actually a, a really cool idea because, I mean, uh, how many times do you see, you know, all these, you know, big time colleges, you know, that are trying to develop, you know, all of these, you know, walking things to help, uh, you know, the military move yeah, heavy equipment from one area. Big thing, yeah, like, you know, and, and, and they study how those animals are able to move and then they make robots that mimic those movements. Biomimicking that could be yep. another. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Just find some insect biology. Design an artificial see. insect. That's that, yeah. That's awesome. Actually, I've seen those little toothbrush vibrator things, hmm. like the ones that are supposed to look like little roaches. They creep me out sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, that's a thing. No, I've yeah. seen so many, so many little Thai cars that uses such such simple uh, mechanical components, and but yeah. they have like such a. A variety of designs but like like going into that going into bringing a mechanical engineering in there again you have like prosthetics creating prosthetics out of you know parts that you might i mean i know we've done a project where you create a prosthetic out of some you know cardboard and some string and some things that you make that are just laying around and you can make it move and mimic a human hand sticking to the same mechanical engineering uh you know that Thing, the design where you use a marble and then it goes through an entire maze kind of situation. Oh, yeah, like a, the, the Rube Goldberg? Yeah. The Rube Goldberg mission. So that's another mm -hmm. cool project that the kids can do. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just saw? I, I spoke to a professor who does research on making kids' toys, a mechanical engineering professor. You could have the design project be, hey, make a toy for your your younger brothers and sisters or something. Definitely. Interesting. Um, okay, that makes me think that. Okay, so uh, they could just they could just do customer analysis. Oh and yeah, be, and be done with it. That could be a project on their own. Just mm -hmm. like go and talk to people about how how they want the product to be improved and record it. And that could be a project by itself. It's a future. Yeah, part of I actually game. second that when a lot of people don't realize that a lot of engineering is customer based. It's like customer driven. And they could do that. High school kids could totally find kids their age or younger and see what kind of toys they would make or video games if you want to mm -hmm. get branch out of mechanical engineering if they want to do coding there's all this uh electric electrical engineering related stuff that they could be learning and computer science no definitely um i know i had a i had a group of students that were trying to redesign a bicycle to, hmm. i forgot what it was to redesign do. It was a bicycle. To yeah i was redesigning a bicycle to help it be more energy efficient like to help it produce energy and using it for something else it was like to, to power your oh. cell phone or to yes. charge your cell phone. That's cool. Yeah, if you wanted to teach them about energy transformations and mm -hmm. um, efficiency and all that, um, that that reminds me of a of a of a project that I, it's not exactly a project, but it was like more of a um, study um, how you can use nanomaterials to build superhuman suits. So they're going to design <laughs> nanomaterials to build the no, Iron they're gonna, Man They're going to see how they can design, uh, <laughs> you know, a Spider-Man suit or like another you know, Spider-Man string. You can use nano, kind of carbon nanotubes to, that has so much strength. You can, well, that, like, that actually brings you into like something like, you know, look at superhuman powers like from, you know, Marvel and DC and like oh, yeah. how, would you, how, how could you take that power and turn it into something engineering-like? How could you engineer something to mimic that ability? Yeah, that totally reminds me. I remember in high school chemistry class, my teacher sent around some notorious internet forward email chain where like 
he did the math of Santa Claus delivering presents every oh. Christmas and how <laughs> the energy required to travel around the world in like 24 hours would get him torn up by friction with the air or something. Anyway, it was just ridiculous <laughs> science, but I'm just, what, it reminds me of, um, you could do the, the engineering behind like the mutants of the X-Men or something, or like, yeah, yeah. like if you made the, like, okay. just like what you were saying. I always wanted to make a claw, Wolverine's claw that actually retracts, not you under gotta, the skin. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, if you had to make a mechanical. Yes, mechanical. Yeah, that'd be I could cool. sell that. I could sell that. <laughs> that, that would be interesting. Mad scientist. Yeah. Or uh, even like, uh, even, you know, if your students do like uh, AutoCAD or if they do, um, oh, yeah. hmm. you know, you could bring in, um, you know, uh, designing or 3D modeling and, That's you know, awesome. use a 3D printer and, and print things out. Um, that'd be a really cool aspect too. That reminds me. So my brother, he's a computer animator and, a lot of what he has to do is is uh, not just make things look right, but he has to work in a team to get the physics right of the the motions to make things look realistic when you throw them across the room in the animated movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if kids don't design a physical thing, but maybe they design some kind of algorithm or hmm. mathematical model for for that'd be insane. That'd be animating cool. something. No, that 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 uh, makes me think of. Um, so we have animation. Yes, we can also have physical uh, devices where they're just pro doing the programming part. Uh, maybe like Lego kits or any off-the-shelf robotic kits. You can just buy them, and you can just ask them to write algorithms or program to do a specific task. Mm -hmm. You start with a pre-made robot. Yeah, and... yeah. So it's, yeah. it's 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 completely in the realm of computer science and computer engineering, mm -hmm. not, not mm -hmm. really on the mechanical side or yeah, or going side. into robotics. And you know, I know a lot of schools have been you know purchasing robotics equipment from different manufacturers and stuff. And you can come up with some really cool ideas because some people think that you know robotics is only like oh moving you know on wheels. A lot of students are thinking yeah, let's move on wheels. You know, let's just make a car. But I mean, really, robotics is and a whole lot more things. I mean, you yeah. could create like assembly lines. Or you could create some sort of conveyor system. Mm -hmm. Anything uh, you know, automated. Make a, yeah, anything automated. You know, uh, automation is not just limited to wheels. It could be. Um, I know we had the we had one thing where it was uh, build a uh, ro ro robot that could shoot the ping pong ball the furthest. Yeah, yeah. Um, or punt, pass, kick. You know, like I a saw, little. <laughs> or no, no, that'd be awesome. I saw another robot which i will self-judge again but basically it was a drink mixer robot i saw it in san francisco <laughs> uh, i'll just throw that out there but maybe more like a robot that makes cookies or something like yeah, it automatically like, takes like the puts ingredients a, puts a hot dog like puts a hot dog together yeah yeah That's yeah chemical engineering right there too Ke oh so chemical gotta, yeah we didn't get yeah. chemical engineering yet. yeah I mean, so we got mm -hmm. like by the way a minute and a half here <laughs> we want to make our time <laughs> So chemical engineering, what are some of the ideas no, we can do here? Like the cookies, so you're designing a robot. The cookie robot. Yeah, so it's like, that's yeah a, that is a, that is a chemical engineering. engineering. You got to get the right ingredients in the recipe out. What else is in chemical engineering? I mean, chemical really with chemical engineering, a lot of it is process driven, you know, process design. That's, yeah, and that's, so, yeah. um, you know, it's not just chemistry. It's just process design as well. Oh, right. So, they could design the the procedure for manufacturing something. Yeah. yeah, or taking something that they've done really small, like in a little small environment, like with a little tiny robot, and figuring out how that they can, how they can, you know, make that go from tiny robot to much bigger robot. Yeah. Oh wow, they could do because that's own definitely something in chemical engineering is scale up. Yeah, they'd have to find the right machines and parts to do all that. That's a tough problem. It uh, is very tough. Yeah, I know that'd be cool. <laughs> how about a, a assembly line? 
we have an assembly line. That's like your Rube Goldberg. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like Rube Goldberg. You have they, robotics there. They design a you factory. Have, you have, yeah, you, have, you can find you can have inventory there. They, if they had to design their own little cookie factory. Oh. <laughs> you need a lot I of like motors. That. You'd have to know chemical and electrical and mechanical. That could be a whole semester worth. Or you could just have it to where you have multiple groups and each group is handling one part of the system. Oh, systems, systems engineering. Yeah, system there engineering. you go, All systems right. engineering. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, quality control. Um, I'm sure there's engineering behind that. Mm-hmm. Where you gotta Somewhere in there. Do some statistics. Yeah, you get a batch of Ooh, products. Yeah, and like every, oh, yeah. I don't know, couple, every one-tenth product is a bad cookie or something or whatever the product is. And so they have to... Come up with like processes to yeah, figure out how to make to analyze it efficient. All that. Like, yeah, because next week maybe they find that five cookies out of ten are screwing up and they have to know whether or not that matters. Yeah, that's interesting. I think we're about up for time. <laughs> Any last thoughts for cool lessons you would like to see in the K-12 level? Oh. I mean, we can keep talking about Yeah, you could keep like, going with this for like hours. <laughs> totally could. I'm going to throw out my last idea then. Artificial Pokemon. There we go. If, if you want to design a robot Pikachu, you got to calculate how much energy it's going to take to uh Okay, then I have a last that. idea. Too. Yes. Last idea. Rocket design. Rocket design. Yeah. Awesome. That's always a good one. Classic. That's always good. Oh, I got an idea. You put both of them together. You rocket out Pokemon. <laughs> you shoot them from one area to the other. All right. Awesome. <laughs> you can start our own toy company. There we go. Okay. Like Thank you. This brainstorming session is concluded. <laughs> we, and uh, I did not count any... Or, or the number of ideas that we came up with. But when I go back and listen to this, I'm going to see if I can put this on the online tool called Padlet or Gliffy or one of those mind map mm-hmm. tools. And Yeah, I think grouping it would be... Yeah, I want to put it up there. What kind of ideas. And like, if yeah. anyone's listening, maybe they can poke around in there. I'll, I'll post the link. Maybe it'll be interesting to look at. And <laughs> if someone wants to add their own comments... Uh, we can, ideas. Yeah, we can just keep on growing this list. Yeah, that's actually really cool because, I mean, that can be a growing mind map for a while. Yeah. Oh, man. So what I wanted to get into at some point, but I don't know if it has to be today, is what do we do after this? After brainstorming when you've got this big old list of stuff, is it ready to judge? <laughs> uh, I would say that it's ready to, uh, like, kind of like how we were saying, ready to be organized. You know, you organize. have all these ideas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the next yeah. thing is just organization. It's really intuitive. That's what you're going to How would you organize these? Which How should I organize? I would ideas? say maybe organize them by engineering discipline. That would be more. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It could yeah. also be like harder, uh, the order of difficulty or achievability. Yeah. yeah. Or like estimated time you think that it would take, you know, if you have a short project versus a long project. Right. I know sometimes with teachers, we're always trying to figure out, oh, we've got like one more week left in this in the grading period. What do I do? Yeah. The difficult part is that the most practical ideas often, mm-hmm. like you could plot them on a line of least to most practical, and it's not the same order of projects when you rank them from least to most awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we will see. And a lot of it is a lot of it is just kind of looking at the projects and understanding what's feasible for you and your environment. Yeah, I guess it all depends on what you want to teach your kids. Because uh, there, there might be, you know, if you don't have a robotics lab, it's very hard to do anything with robotics. So. You know, those are the types of things where you can kind of skim those ideas right off the top as being ones that you can't do. Yeah, yeah. Or you can just bug your district and be like, hey, 
Give me some robotic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if only uh, teachers got everything they wanted. I know, right? That'd be nice. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, thank you so much. This was really cool. No problem. I had a really great time. Awesome. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Joe, for joining. We'll talk again. All right. Sounds good. Thank you all for inviting me. That was Joe Melcher in Houston. You can find links to our digital record of our brainstorming session in the show notes. If you feel inspired, please add your own ideas to the brainstorm and we'll check it out later. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave reviews on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And please send me comments on Twitter, Reddit, or Facebook. All the links are at the website k12engineering.net. Our opening music comes from School Zone by the Honorable Sleaze, who is also on SoundCloud. Our closing music is from Late for School by BleepTor. Both are used under Creative Commons attribution licenses. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of Pios Labs. Another update on South by Southwest in 2017. I'll be presenting a session at South by Southwest EDU. That's the conference on education. And our session is called Electronic Quilts, Weaving Art with Engineering. My colleague Rachel and I will talk about how to create an integrated engineering and art curriculum based on designing and making electronic quilts. You can even check out some examples and play with some Arduinos. So I hope to see you at the South by Southwest EDU playground.